podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And it is so great right now in Raiderland as our basketball team has proven to be truly one of the best teams in the entire country. So because of that, I got to get a new band together, right? So you've heard them both, but now never, never together. So first off, let me introduce the man that is... Mr. Optimistic, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What is up, Albie? Mr. Optimistic, most of the time. I've had my moments. I think that I'm not just blindly optimistic anymore. I think we talked about it earlier this year. I've been beaten down enough. I have my moments of realism. But hey, high on the optimism train now, I have no reason not to be. So consider me there. Well, if you're Mr. Optimistic uh, in the oh, group yeah. chat, I feel like this next person <laughs> is Mrs. Pessimistic. And that is Kenzie Garcia. Uh, she is on the podcast with us as well. What's up, Kins? What's going on, guys? Listen, I just I'm trying to keep everybody level headed. You know, you guys got a little bit excited when the when the Red Raider women went on that run the other day. I had to just calm it down because <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. If anything, so, you're if anything, you're you're realistic. You're just more pessimistic on during football season. Football season, Kenzie's off true. the rails. <laughs> football is, is the bane of my existence. Kenzie refuses to be hurt again by the football team. So that's really what it is. She's so, all of us uh, deep down, truly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we are all pretty happy. The Texas Tech Red Raider men's basketball team has been just absolutely fantastic. They started off. So last time we met, we talked, we were uh, with Dylan was on the podcast, and we talked about the huge win over over Kansas. How how big that win was at home without your top two players beating the sixth ranked team in the nation. I predicted it, so I was just on a on a high myself, and. But both Dylan and I both predicted a loss. We're like, look, the team's playing fantastic right now. We're playing as good as we could possibly play. But we're, we're going to Baylor, the best team in the country. Scott Drew, he's incredible. It's just, Akinjo's incredible. Cryer's incredible. Mayer's incredible. Like, it's, it's too much without your star players. And it's just going to be an L. And the Red Raiders came through Kevin McCuller on half, a le- on half an ankle. Um, just uh, the biggest... I don't want to call it the biggest upset of the year because I think this is more so just proved, like, not only were we good, this is a damn good team. Jeremy, what was that win all about for you? It was about it was about adversity, um, honestly, because when we looked back, I know you guys talked about the Kansas game, but walking into the Kansas game, it was, yikes, we have nobody. Uh, you know, we need somebody to step up, and we don't have any of the people that we can really rely on. And then you see people step up in that game, uh, Bryce and Williams especially, uh, and we get the win over Kansas. But, you know, Kansas has been having their problems early in the season. It seems like they were vulnerable. They were ripe for an upset, especially on our home court. Uh, you know, we had all the advantage going for us. We could get that upset. But then you talk about Baylor. Baylor's a team that hasn't seen a loss in a long time. <laughs> a very uh, long they time. They hadn't seen a home loss. We talked about this. In two years. Yeah. Had not seen a home loss. Despite their lackluster crowd, somehow they play through that adversity and they come away with one of the long, you know, the longest home streak uh, in quite some time. And so Texas Tech coming into that, the big questions of you know who is going to step up. You know, McCullers the 
you know, it's like McCullough and Shannon are game time decisions. And Shannon, we're probably, you're like, no way. You know, those back spasms have that kid out. But McCullough was the one, it's like, okay, maybe he'll come in, maybe he won't. He's doing some warm ups, but he's at 60%. And if for me, it's like 60% on an ankle, I don't think so. But he comes in and comes in early uh, and he goes hard. Okay. And he starts limping and then it's like, ah, there it is. But that was it. Like, that that was that was his that was his moment of weakness and he kind of just built off of that and the whole team rallied in such a way i think there were so many good things about that Baylor game that we i mean we could talk about for it should be its own pod it's okay that it's not uh, from coaching, from the defensive aesthetic, like from the players stepping up, uh, Adonis Arms, welcome to the Big Twelve, as they say. Uh, there are just so many good things about this Baylor game that it, you can't say that there really was a bad part of the game because you beat the number one team in the nation, and you beat them when they were going, they were trying to get a run late in the game, which is where Texas Tech over the past couple of years, ah, that's like okay, well. There it goes. I know it's coming. Uh, uh, late, maybe we have to draw up a, a game-winning whatever, and it doesn't work. But no, Texas Tech was the one in the lead. Texas Tech was the one that played the solid defense, and Baylor was the one that missed the game-winning uh, or the game-tying at that point uh, three-pointer. And Texas Tech walks away with a win. So it was the complete game for Texas Tech this year. Yeah, I mean, Coach Adams had that boy Kevin McCuller sixty percent playing thirty-one minutes. <laughs> he played thirty-one minutes on that ankle. That is absolutely wild. Um, but I will say this. It wasn't uh it wasn't all roses. I mean, early in the game, Tech's down fifteen, and I don't know about you, but I was like, Yep, this checks out. Let's just guys, let's not embarrass <laughs> ourselves here. Uh Kenzie, how are you feeling, especially in that first half when it just looked like we were being outclassed? You know, I feel like it's kind of my thing, you know, especially during football season. I have that that meme that I post from from Wii Sports when it says, and that's the game. I was this close, this close to sending that to the group chat. And I thought, eh, I'm just going to go cook my dinner. I'm going to see what happens. We were even talking about the line, how it was like plus 16. I thought that was too much. I thought it was going to be a competitive game. So I was kind of kind of just waiting to see. But I, I, I was close to packing it in. I'll, I'll say this. that We were down 15. And I remember thinking like, man, if we can just get this to like 10. By halftime to make it like make it a game in the second half. We get it down to 10. I blink. It's a five point game at half. Go, Tech goes on a huge run. Blanks Baylor out in the last last five minutes, last six minutes of the first half. They're on a 10 nothing run. It's a five point game. They get the first bucket in the second half. Boom. Game on. And, and just at that moment, I, I think that really, you know, I'm not going to be premature and say the game was over there, but that really was the time when it was like, Okay, this is not a regular team. This is one of the, this is truly one of the best teams in the nation. Like, not only is it beating Kansas at home, is it beating Baylor on the road? It's beating a Baylor squad on the road, defending national champion, undefe- last undefeated team in the country, and they were down fifteen. Like that's it's that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Without your best player, like this is, it's it's absolutely wild. I you know. I tried thinking during that Baylor game to compare it to anything we've seen at Tech, including the 2019 team. And I don't think we've ever seen a, a trend like we've seen this week. We've never seen it, right? Like, the, like the, 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 the back-to-back games of Kansas and Baylor, we have never seen it. Beating Kansas the way we have with our two best players. How the Iowa State game, there was a loss, but even that was was wild. You know, beating, but then beat, going to beat Kansas with your two best players. McCullough coming back, he was hurt. 60%, I think, was even uh, being optimistic. Like, they, he, he was hurt. Big hurt. Played 31 minutes, down 15, coming back. 
just, I mean, I don't have enough words to say about this, Jeremy. I, 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 what, what, who, who are you giving the kudos to? In, uh, for what? This win? Everybody. I mean, yeah. for, for everything. God. And uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, I think this the, the game was such a statement for and I remember we talked about this. Um, we talked about how when we got to that Gonzaga game, that the narrative would start to flip, that there would be a lot more attention on Mark Adams and what Mark Adams does. And even though we lost that game, even though, you know, we lost games uh, after that and there's been, you know, it's been we've been keeping premier teams well below their average. We have been bringing good teams down, and it's like what Adams wants to do is brings t- bring teams off their high horse, get them in the mud, and then wrestle like it's that street dog mentality. It's like get down to our level. You could see the frustration in the Baylor. Like Baylor was not okay with getting beat at home. Their players were getting frustrated, right? These teams that are like used to like going this like pretty ball back and forth, just oh a three, oh a dunk, oh this, and then they're getting stifled at the rim. Not okay with that. So Adam was also to... Baylor was also probably frustrated because they're hitting Raider power in their own stadium. Yeah, like what is that about you? You're number one team in the nation. You're off a national championship. You can't even fill out your own home arena. You have Texas Tech fans, which are the best fans, to tra- the best traveling fans, and the worst fans to sit next to when we're up. I mean, you had them filling out your stadium or the arena. Like, so. I'll say this though: Baylor's really not a terrible basketball home court advantage. Like, they're not. They're not TCU. Like, you know what I'm saying? They usually do a pretty good job. I think it's actually more to do with like tech just being, you know, the fans. I mean, what do you think about the fans, Kenzie? They like they they packed that out. I heard Raider. I heard defense, defense when, ba- when, defense. when Baylor's on the court. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about Texas being cheese and crackers fans. I mean, Baylor was just like, oh, being nice little Baptists. I mean, my jaw was like on the floor. Like I was, I had to look around and like kind of check my pulse. Like, am I, am I dreaming? Like I'm hearing just loud Raider powers, defenses, everything, every little play that the Red Raiders made, there was noise. And like, you know, tech posted the, that last shot, the last possession there. And when that ball bounced off the rim, I've never heard a noise like that, like an opposing team in an opposing arena, it was insane. I, it, I, I was floored. You would have thought oh. Baylor won because of how many people <laughs> yeah, were cheering. Right. It was like, wait, yeah, what? No. It was also because Baylor fans like, oh, Bernard, Bernard, <laughs> can you believe the Texas you, Tech fans are cheering at this imagine? game, at this sporting event? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> can you do that? Officer, officer, please. <laughs> get, get them out of here. No, that's... Uh, <laughs> It's just, you know, Baylor fans were there. They just they didn't have much to cheer about. And Tech fans, when we're winning, we are very obnoxious. There's no there's no doubt about it. Like We're we are obnoxious. You're right. We are like the worst people to sit beside. So uh, one thing we talked about in the group chat before this Oklahoma State game was, man, the defense. I, I, like, it's funny. We all, we've known about the no middle defense for a while. Mark Adams instituted. We're, it's on another level this year. We are, so we've always been a team that will switch up on from man to zone from now to get every now and again, you know, kind of give different looks, maybe from game to game. We were, we were talking to groups that today, Texas Tech's defense is switching mid play, mid play, going from a three, two to a man, mid play, going from a trap to a man to a two, three, like, like in the play, like eight seconds to go. All right. Switching up, right. Going. And also not only that, but having the ability to switch everything if need be. It, it's it's pretty amazing, and it also explains why defense was so we weren't that great of a defensive team early in the season. 
Because that it's, you got to be smart. You got to be smart to be able to do a defense like that. I mean, Jeremy, you and I were talking about it quite a bit, but it's it's pretty wild. It's a high. I mean, it's high IQ, and that's something that we were. I mean, we honed in on is that you know this team seemed out of sorts, kind of disorganized early in the season because they were because the type of like the requirement of this like the defense that we're seeing in the Kansas and the in the Iowa State and the Kansas and the Baylor and the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, it requires like another level of it's like. It's like when musicians are playing an instrument and singing at the same time. I'm like, there's no effing way I would ever be able to do something like that because of the the, the IQ that it takes for these things. And Adams has these guys buy in. It's not going to be just tough physically. It's tough mentally because they're switching in the middle of a play. You got Santos Silva on a Kinjo. Like, why? Because it's 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 all organized chaos. And it works. And it works. <laughs> it works. And that takes like, imagine just so if you're a Kinjo, you you you're walking across. Like you're walking across and nobody's switching on to you, so you're like, "Oh, I bet a zone. I can get here in the corner real quick, bust out of three, and and you get in the corner, you bust out of three, and you're like, "Wait, wait, you but y'all were in a zone like two seconds ago. I just saw y'all in a zone, and now you're switched on to me. What is happening? Yeah, like, it's, it's, got this big dude switch on. Like, Let me cross him real quick. Oh nope, Davion Ward's right there. I'm gonna go back. Nope, okay, he's still there. Chaos and it everything works. that you've been taught as an offensive basketball player goes completely out the window. I, like I was saying to you earlier, I, I don't know how you plan for that offensively. Like as, as another coach, I don't know. Hell, Bill Self's one of the best offensive coaches in the country. I don't know what you do in that scenario, Kenzie. I have no idea. I mean, I think you're just kind of at the mercy of this team that has, they had this, what do you have to lose attitude going into Iowa State? And it's turned into like this full-blown confidence adrenaline rush. And when you have that kind of adrenaline rush, you're doing everything right. You're doing everything at full speed. Everything's just like moving so much faster and so much clearer for you. I mean, it it was insane on that last possession to watch Marcus Santos Silva at the top of the key trying to guard a guy taking a three. I mean, he had the most nimble feet in the country. It was insane. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, great, great play all around. Kevin O'Banner had one of his better games as well, Um, putting up 13 points. A huge three-pointer from him is also, but I'd be, man, the guy that really showed out and has been showing out ever since he was implemented in the starting lineup, Adonis Arms. That dunk, (laughs) that turnaround and dunk had some scout that was watching the game like, oh, who who is that guy? Okay, Arms. He he was written down on somebody's big board after that dunk. That was was pro-level dun-a-nut, dun-a-nut. Like, that is definitely something. And, and And I said it before that I could easily see see Adonis Arms, you know, making a name for himself out in Europe. And then at the age of 26, getting a shot in the NBA and just having his role. I mean, you can't teach some of the things he's able to do. His length, his versatility, his work ethic, you cannot teach it. And now he is, he he took what he did in the, in the, in the early in the season when he first got the starting gig and, and kind of progressed it from there. Had a good Iowa State game, had a good, uh, or he had a decent Iowa State game, had a good Kansas game, had a great Baylor game and continued it. In this Oklahoma State game that we just, that we just had, uh, where I mean, him and the Red Raiders picked, kept that momentum and carried it to Oklahoma State and beat them like they stole something. Nasty. It was I think, nasty. Uh, man, That's one of the things that is so early like earlier on the day, I had this gut feeling because this has been it's instilled in me that ah, we had two back to back top ten wins. This is going to be, and in Oklahoma State, everybody listening, Oklahoma State is by no margin a bad team. They're a, they're a good team. It's a, it's a, it's a Coach Boynton-led team is always dangerous. 
Let it be known. I thought earlier today, damn, you know, Oklahoma State got that win over Texas, feeling kind of like they can do something dangerous here. They may catch us off guard. Nope. Nope. It, 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 the momentum was there from the get-go. And I think there was a clip of Adams talking to his guys before the first whistle in their face. This energy was from the beginning that they, and they were talking about it. McCuller, I think, hit it, hinted on it after that Baylor game that, you know, this is a great win, but this is the Big 12. We're going to enjoy this now, settle down, get ready for Oklahoma State. And so it's like, let's not give, let's not give anybody an opportunity to get an easy dub over a team that has no business being easy dubs. And from the very first whistle, you got lobs, you got threes. Texas Tech is playing at a whole different level. And Kinsey talked about it, like this confidence that has sparked from the Iowa State game of like, oh, F it. Let's just go out here and just play our game. And it'll go where it won't. And it's going. Starting the game on a 10-0 run is is amazing. It's amazing. They started the game on a 10-0 run. They did let Oklahoma State get back into the game. uh, And we were only, what, we were only up one, 22-23. And then busted it back wide open again. Uh, Kinsey, how are you feeling watching this game? I mean, the first few minutes, I was going nuts. I was coming out of my chair. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging the group chat. I'm like, Albie's at the grocery store getting Hot Pockets right now, missing this electric <laughs> start. I mean, Adonis Arms was, I mean, he did the footwork. He almost did that dunk again. He ran into two guys and ditched the ball, but he almost did it again. I, I mean, I think I'm going to say something really controversial right now, and a lot of people are probably feeling it, but I think this is the best team in the country right now. I'm not even kidding. It's the hottest team in the country. I agree with you. I think it's the yeah. I think it's the hottest. I'm not gonna go best yet, but I do think it's the top ten team in the country. Oh, I think no that doubt. they've proved through this stretch, right? We've gone from oh, okay, well, you know, fringe top twenty-five three weeks in a row, and oh, nice win against Kansas. To yeah, this is a this is without a, this is a top ten team in the country. I said it. I, I tweeted. I was a little scared. To tweet it that it was a national title contender, <laughs> right? I, I'm no longer. I'm, I don't think I'm scared anymore. Like like other tech teams would have a letdown against Oklahoma State. Like this was. You're right, Jeremy. It was very much a let down a bull game against a quality opponent, an opponent that knows us. I mean, hell, Tyreek Smith's on the squad, right? A guy that was on Tech's team last year. Um, it's a team that's that had our us. number last season. It's had our number, right? So, like, this could have easily been a let down game. But no, they came in and they they beat a team that they're just simply better than, mm-hmm. right? And so that, and I think that was, I mean, we had a game earlier this year and Providence actually turned out to be a really good team. But during that game, was, it was a game that I'm like, okay, well, Tech's better than Providence. But we are just not playing like a team that's better than Providence. I think if we play Providence now, it's a different story, right? It's a, it's a different ball game, right? Um, I, I just, this is a team that has absolutely, they, they've gone super sand in the last couple of weeks. Like they, they've, they're, they're a different team than what we, we thought was possible with this team. Um, and yeah, they're a top 10 team in the nation. And just like that, I, I didn't have any aspirations coming into the season about Big 12 title or anything like that. I, from the very beginning, I thought it was a two-team race in the Big 12 between Kansas and Baylor. Yeah, make that three-team. Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and we just beat both of them. Uh, the, we are a, absolutely a Big 12 contender, a top 10 team in the nation. And after three games in six days, the we're, we're, we're here, baby. We're here. Uh, uh, you know, just... Going back to this Oklahoma State game, let's see. Let's look at the look at the box score with you. Will you? We're we're recording this literally right after the game, so let's look at the box score here. Kevin O'Banner, seventeen points in this game. His, I would say this is this was his best game as a Red Raider. Kenz, you come down on my boy Ko quite a bit. You know what did you think about him? 
I mean, I think we kind of have seen flashes over the last couple of games, but you kind of thought after Kansas, maybe he's coming out. Baylor, he starts to show up. And then tonight, I mean, that's what that's what he came here to do. He yeah. came here to knock down those threes, three for five and three point. That that's his game. I mean, I appreciate that he's he's a dog out there on defense. He goes and gets those rebounds. But the offense is kind of something that was lacking. And it might be here. I will say his defense is much better than I ever thought it was going to be. I got two I, steals I, I this ex- game. Yeah, I, I I didn't expect him to be a good defender when we recruited him. That wasn't mm-hmm. what we we that's not really what we recruited him for, right? And we had talked already on the pod about him. We didn't recruit you to be a role player. We need you to kind of take on, especially with the big dogs out. And I, he must be listening because he was like, "You're right. You know what? You're right." And in this game, McCullough didn't play great, right? McCullough struggled a little bit as well, though he looked he did look healthier in this game than he did in the in the uh, Baylor game. But in this a game like this where he struggled a little bit, Kevin O'Banner putting up the offensive firepower. Once again, Adonis Arms, like I said, also a, a good offensive game. And, but the, I, the guy that I think was the player of the game, though, off the bench, sweet feet himself, Jeremy, Marcus Santos Silva. <laughs> there are, and we talked, so they kind of mentioned it in the broadcast that every game, and so this is something that with TJ going out, you worry as a Texas Tech fan. With McCuller out, you think, there's no way. Who's going to step up? Who can actually make the difference? It's, Bryson Williams against Kansas. It's Adonis Arms against Baylor. It's Kevin O'Banner against Oklahoma State. And this game, we may have not needed somebody to step up because there were one, two, three, four, five guys in double digits. Kevin O'Banner was 17. Bryson Williams was 11. Uh, Davion Warren with 12. Take that, Kenzie. Adonis Arms with 13. And then uh, y- 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 our boy, Santos Silva, who stuck around in the transition of coaches, coming out with 10 points. 10 rebounds total, uh, just playing, just getting better. I think Santos Silva, there are people this season that we've dogged on. Um, Bryson Williams had his slump. Bryson Williams coming out of that slump, looking really good in a lot of different ways now. Santos Silva has slumped long enough on this team. He has not been the guy that last year was not the guy we wanted him to be, was not aggressive under the basket, starting to feel himself a little bit more doesn't nearly as often do the dribble under the basket that that amounts to nothing. It's a lot more aggressive, starting to work that hook shot a little bit more. A different Santos Silva than in 2021. And if you had the under on 30 seconds played in the Big 12 for Austin Timberman, you lost. <laughs> he actually didn't get to play in this game. There you go. Big 12 game. Right? <laughs> played that one minute. Good for, yeah, good for you. Anytime as a team we can get our, our end of bench white guys in the game and a win, yes, sir. it's always a good time, right? I, I grew up a Duke fan, right? When I saw those white guys get on the court at the end of games, I'm like, yes, good yes. win, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> good win, everybody. And Austin Timberman, he's our end of bench white guy. So that's a, you know, that's a, hey, you know, good victory, everyone. So uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, great performance here on the men's side. Uh, and also, I mean, best way to celebrate wins like this against Kansas, against Baylor, is to go out and get you some swag from Home Field Apparel, right? Uh, home Field Apparel, great old school Texas Tech. You know, just, you got, you got the, they got the Reckham shirt. They got all just nice shirts. Um, just nice, just that old school double T that everybody knows and loves. They have it. They have all, they basically got the license to create, uh, w- create all types of just shirts and, and, uh, Sweaters and long sleeves, short sleeves, anything that you need on there with some of the old school tech logo and put it on an apparel. So um, I'm not really doing a great job with this ad, but 
<laughs> at the same time, the stuff is good. You know what it is. So promo code takes 12 T A K E S one, two, you have 15% off from home field apparel. Um, if you haven't looked at their website already and looked at the Texas tech stuff that they have, that's on you. You're the one that's missing out. Not me. All right. I already got some stuff at the house. I know Jeremy got some stuff at the house. too. can't actually, when we talked about them as an ad partner, Kenzie was the first one that was like, hell yeah. All right. I, I was buying from them already. Now I get 50% off bet. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So make sure promo code takes 12 to get 15% off your first order. Um, I had to get that ad in before we switch from the happiness that we have here. Something a little bit more solemn. So we just talked about Texas Tech not letting their foot off the gas after a huge win, both against Kansas and a huge win at Baylor and continuing this and beating Oklahoma State on the men's side. So what we hoped on the women's side was that would continue after a huge upset victory at ninth ranked Texas to continue that momentum and show and prove that this was a team worthy of a postseason. Well, they followed that win up with a loss at home to a not very good Oklahoma State team, a team that we were, a game in which Texas Tech women's basketball team was favored. Should have won the game. Kenzie, just walk us through a very disappointing game where Tech was losing virtually the entire game. We tried to make a comeback in the fourth, but they didn't really even deserve to even have that opportunity. I mean, anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong in this game, and that's kind of the fear you have when you come off of a big win. But 19 turnovers, our best three players, Bree Scott, Taylor Thomas, Viv Gray, they went 7 for 28. It's just everything that you planned for. I mean, they, they, were, they weren't even running their offense and they're getting run on by like Lexi keys. Like, who are you? Who are you? You're out here hitting threes. Like, like it's nothing. 17 points. I mean, it, it was, I mean, three quarters were embarrassing. The fourth quarter is kind of more of what I expected, but by then it was too little too late. Lexi keys came out of nowhere. Like every time she grabbed the ball and she jacked it up from three, I'm like, this is going to go in, isn't it? And sure enough, it did. She came out of nowhere um, I think this was was her career high, I believe they were saying on the broadcast for, for Oklahoma State. Like, and this was a game what kind of surprised me in this one was is that we got two players on the team that this is this should be a, a game they circle, right? Both Viv Gray and Bryn Gerlich, this was their former team. They both transferred from Oklahoma State. So you're thinking, all right, this is a game where both of them are going to want to play and play well. Last year, Viv Gray played really well against Oklahoma State. So you're you're thinking, okay, well, this is Bryn Gerlich's first game against Oklahoma State, she's going to have a, she's going to really go off. And she played decently. She played admirably. But, uh, you know, sometimes, I, I ain't going to lie to you, sometimes I forgot she was on a court. You know what I mean? And it's just, nobody really had a good game in this one except one person. And you'll hear this name a, a couple more times in this episode. That's Lexi Hightower. Absolutely fantastic game. She put up 16 points, 6 for 7. She couldn't miss. But as you said many times, Kenzie, why aren't you shooting it more? I mean, I, I feel like I should give a TED talk on this at some point, like every single game. Like, why are they not getting more looks? I mean, combined, Riley and Lexi, they were eight for 11, eight for 11 in this game. And you're going seven for 28 with the other three. Just drive and kick. Let's see what happens. It, it was the most frustrating thing on earth when you have two shooters who are shooting the ball well and you're just forcing up these these terrible looks with other people and that's what i noticed about this oklahoma state game is that we had we had we did better in every single metric we just didn't shoot enough if we would have shot just maybe a percentage wise four more shots that we could have easily shot up 
we would have won this game. And that's well, what's think, frustrating. Though we played better in every metric, because you're right. We, we, I mean, we killed them on the glass, 42 yes. to 25. Better field, We shot 42% from the field, but 60, or was it 63% from three, right? Like, even our free throws are going in. But one big problem, turnovers. You mentioned it already, Kenzie. 19 turnovers in this game. Oklahoma State scored so much off of turnovers in this game as well. It's, and that's really the story of this game. But it was kind of, I think the problem is, is that, like I said, Texas Tech, and I was talking about the Providence game on the men's side. Here, during this game, I'm like, we're the better team. Tech is the better team at home. And in the fourth quarter, it's almost as if they were like, guys, what are we doing here? We're down 10 to this team. Let's let's pick it up. And they did. And, and before you know, and then it was also like we're talking about Lexi Hightower getting more shots. Coach Gurley draws up a play for Lexi Hightower, get a three-point three-pointer to make it a one-possession game late in the game. And I'm kind of like, why are we doing plays like this? Like, she's out on fire. She's hot. Let's let's do it. And and sure enough, great play with less than a second to go. Right to Taylor Thomas, who struggled the entire game, but kind of a microcosm of, microcosm of this entire game. The the layup attempt is a little too short off the front of the rim. Great play drawn up by Coach Gerlich, but a little too short, and we go home losers. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was frustrating. I think in that situation, I you know, I like the play call, but I would have rather just seen a guard take that shot and. You know, I I don't want to make excuses for Vivian in this game, but she did kind of tweak something in the second quarter, and a few people I was chatting with on social media kind of saw it. She was playing a little bit scared, and I think that carried over into the next game too, but she really only got it going in the fourth quarter because she had to, but she was still playing really nervous. So let's talk about the next game. So though Tech was playing a team that, like I said, we were favored. In my opinion, we were better than both you and I, Kenzie, Though we both predicted, and I've already gotten blasted for my prediction again in the Texas game, I did protect. I did predict predict Tech to beat Oklahoma State because we were the better team, in my opinion. Um, against West Virginia, we are not. <laughs> West Virginia is a team that's likely going to go to the NCAA tournament, but this is a game where you want to you want to show something, especially after the disappointing loss against Oklahoma State. And I just don't think, despite other than and, and I've said this, I don't know how many times this year about this team, other than one quarter. That third quarter, I just did not see it from this team altogether. What did you think, Kenzie? I mean, this this looked and felt like one of those games where they could have and should have won. I mean, the third quarter was, again, it was much like the fourth quarter in the Oklahoma State game. They were playing amazing basketball. Everything was going in. Everything was going right. And, and I just don't know what leads to these breakdowns. But again, when you look at the, the score sheet, 21 turnovers. Oklahoma State's coach said it after we played them. They don't score a lot of points. So the only way they were going to beat us was turnovers and scoring in transition. That's what they did. West Virginia, pretty much the same game plan. Yeah, West Virginia, though, they can score a few more points. That's why I was going to say the one thing they carried over from the Oklahoma State game. Turnovers. Why all these turnovers? It's killer. It is destructive. And so I, I understand West Virginia is a good team. But 21 turnovers is redonkulous. Like, you're, not, you're not beating many teams with that many turnovers. Just, yeah. Just. Find me a team this year that this year that's done it against a quality opponent. Good Lord. And the the complete, and like you, Kenzie, I was just, so, I mean, all of us, it was so hi- hype about that third quarter. I mean, first, you get eight points. <laughs> but you keep West, West Virginia's got nine. So, okay, it could be good. But then West Virginia starts to break out, break out. And the third quarter, I thought, I thought, I, I bought in optimism i was like you know what we're about to go on a tear 
and take it to West Virginia and get some of that momentum back going in next week against a very good Kansas State team. Nope, we score less than the first. <laughs> just cycle. Why? What has happened? Well, I think this was a game where we were just riding Viv too much. And you, we get into that this habit be. throughout the year where it's just, especially when Viv's having a, an, a decent game. And even this game, though, she scored 16 points. She, it wasn't a very, it was not a very efficient 16. But we're just, we're just constantly trying to feed her, ride her, feed her, ride her, instead of spreading it out a little bit more, right? Instead of saying, okay, well, who else can, who else can do something here? Once again, Lexi Hightower had had an efficient 11 points, just didn't get enough shots up, in my opinion. And so this is a, another situation where we're just going to one person a little too much. Yeah, she's a star. Yeah, she's a beast. She's one of the greatest. I'd argue she's one of the best uh, women's basketball players we've had at the school in the past, in, in the since 2000. But it's you can't just go, you know, get on her back and try to have her carry the victory uh, in this game. Jeremy, were you going to say something? I was going to say the one thing that upset me about this game, and that kind of really came up in the fourth quarter, is you needed Hattie Faye to have a better game under the basket. Um, just she is supposed to be your rock for like under the rim, easy layups, like getting rebounds, and she just did not perform late in the game, and it really led to a big breakdown and like getting West Virginia extra points that they just they shouldn't have had. Yeah, I mean, if I could get, if I can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of Hattie Faye on the defensive end and Ella Tofayono's aggression on the offensive end, I would put it together and Honestly. I would eat that sandwich all day long. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> just, our, it's so frustrating that we can't get it on both ends from either one of them. Yeah, I just, this is an, another thing with this is a rebuilding team. This is a team that, you know, we don't have postseason aspirations on this team. We had it for like two seconds after the Texas game, but now I think it's gone again. And they have to learn how to win. I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's it's one thing when you're you're up 15 uh, in Austin and and winning that game, but it's another thing when you it's a it's now you were down all first half, you fight to get in the game. It is a now with eight minutes to go in the game, it's tied. You got to learn how to win a game. West Virginia knew how to win that game. They don't. That's a team that should have been flustered. That's a team that had a nice lead in the first half and it it, it completely went away. And that's a team that should have been flustered. Instead, they were they re- regrouped. And said, let's go win. And Tech, we, we're still trying to find out how to win games we against good teams. And that's really – and I think that's the case for both West Virginia and Oklahoma State is figuring out how to win games. And we saw that rear its ugly head early in the, in the non-con, and we're seeing it again here in the conference season. So uh, still some things to improve on here. We're getting towards the end of the pod. Uh, we're not going to really have time to preview, do a, a big preview here, but the lady – uh, women's Texas Tech women's basketball team does play 25th ranked Kansas State this weekend. Uh, Kenzie, any quick thoughts about that game? Um, I mean, well, I think they 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 do their work down low. Ayoka Lee, their center, she scores 25 points a night, and they have a freshman guard in Serena Sundle that can kind of sling it with 10 points and six assists a night. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, we we can play pretty decently in the post on defense. But it's just like, what are we going to do on offense? Are we going to be picking our ball up, picking our dribble up 30 feet from the hoop and turning the ball over again? It's going to be us that determines if we can win this game, not really what Kansas State does. We're going to have to be the ones to not shoot ourselves in the foot here. There's also a K-State team that currently, let me make sure I got this stat right. Uh, they are currently have won six of their last seven games. So uh, that's fun. 
<laughs> and actually, their only loss was a close loss to ninth-ranked Iowa State that a lot of Wildcat fans were pretty upset about, actually. That was a that was a really good game uh, the other night. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough for Tech to win this game. Kenzie, are you predicting a W? I am not predicting a W. I Pessimistic Kenzie is on the scene. I think, you know, I think that they won't get run out of the gym. I think they'll just, they'll hang around, but it's probably going to be one of those like 10 to 12 point losses that you were in for a second. And then you just, you never really had a shot though. Jeremy, what you got? Man, uh, this, the 25 in front of Kansas state is the biggest like catfish in the big 12. They are so much better than that. And it starts their, and ends. Their three losses are to number one ranked South Carolina, number five ranked NC state, number nine ranked Iowa state. <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> it man it, it starts it really starts and ends with ayakoa lee ayakoa lee big 12 leader in scoring average block shots shooting percentage i mean top of division one for efficiency rating like good lord she gets two feet in the paint she's tough to move like this is kansas state's like it's everything for them and she just am no kryptonite like it seems like she will take this team really far. And there, she has a lot of great players around her. But Kansas, like Kansas State is a tough team because of who Ayako Ali is and what she adds to that offense. I mean, I'm not saying we'll get run out of the gym because I don't want to end up on a blocking dummy like Albie. Um, <laughs> but this is not a game that I would feel any ounce of confidence saying that Texas Tech wins. I'd love to be how, surprised. How dare the both of you picking against <laughs> Tech like that? What's wrong with you two? I'm going to, too. Tech ain't winning this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tech, tech is not winning this game. Um, I don't expect it to be a 19 and a half point spread like the Texas game. Uh, but I, if we can keep this game within single digits, I'll be happy. So definitely an L on that side. Another team is playing Kansas State, and that's the men's side. They are playing at Kansas State. Women are playing at home. Make sure to go to that game. While the men, though, are playing in Manhattan. Jeremy, real brief, real quick, uh, give us something about that one and who you got. Oh, Kansas State hasn't won a single conference game yet. Uh, this is still a big game. Don't let you don't let it fool you. Uh, Kansas State is doing their best to get their first conference win. They'd love to do it against the Texas Tech team that is the hottest team in the nation right now. Uh, I feel like if Texas Tech continues to play their brand, continues to buy into Adams, uh, his his speeches, whatever he's doing before the games. This is a game that Texas Tech can win and win handily. Now, if you go in and you win in Manhattan, suddenly, because you have gone on this amazing three-game tear over the course of a week, I think Texas Tech scoots up into that top 10 spot because it's not easy to win on the road in the Big 12. doesn't matter who you're playing. doesn't matter how good or bad that they've been. It, just because Kansas State's lost four in a row, pretty much, uh, they can still beat you because they got a good well, Kansas, Kansas State is also three of their four Their four losses are what, a combined by a combined eight points. Right, like they're just right at this point. They're just <laughs> they're right there. They're and they also that they're one. another team. They're another team that that they're trying to learn how to win a game. So it's uh, uh definitely there. But uh, Ken's or actually, you didn't give us a prediction. Who you got? Oh, I have Texas Tech. Just like that, huh? Just like, outright like that. Yeah, uh, Kenzie, who you got? I mean, I, I think it's going to be Texas Tech is just going to come out. They're going to do what they did tonight against Oklahoma State. I think they're going to punch them in the face. Kansas State might might throw a couple punches back. You know, there's the old cliche of, you know, the Big 12's a battle every night. But I just, I don't think they have it. I think this team is really confident. They look really good. 
I think someone's going to have to land a blow, a really big blow to give this team a scare. And they're, they're riding too high right now. I got tech all the way. Tech say, all the way. I will say Nigel Pack is playing good basketball. Pack is playing we good gonna basketball. We're going to put him in a pack. But what do we do? What do we do to every team's we best gonna, player? Yeah, we're going we gonna to put him in a pack. We're going to put him Just in a pack. Just like that. Um, <laughs> P.I.P. Yeah, so I, I, I got to end the pod before, before Dylan kills me. But... Um, I, guess what, guys? I'm not going to make this a fun and easy ride out. I'm picking K-State to win. I'm probably going to be wrong. Boo. I'm probably going to be wrong. I will say this. I'm I'm probably going to be wrong. <laughs> um, But it's also... Uh, That's a know, dumb prediction, everyone. Albie has at, watched this team smack good teams up and down the court, and then he comes out with this BS. They will Kenzie play... Right. This will be their fourth game in eight days. God. Well, their best player just played... A game where he was 60% and played 31 minutes. Uh, though we just beat Oklahoma State like they stole something, it was fantastic. It was also at home. They'll be traveling to Manhattan, Kansas, one of the furthest places to travel for, for uh, Texas Tech. This is actually going to be a lot tougher game than it appears on paper. It's like, like two hours in the plane, everybody. Don't let Albie fool you. <laughs> hey, two hours in the plane the morning of. You're playing a, you're playing a game at 11 o'clock in the morning. This actually, every on a Saturday... This plays so much in the K-State's hands um, that this will be whatever the line. I do, do not bet this game. The line is probably going to be Texas Tech 10 and a half, mm-hmm. right? Do not bet this game. This is actually <laughs> going to be a very tight, a very close game. And I'm hoping Tech pulls it out, but I'm actually going to predict K-State too. It doesn't, it's not a referendum on the team. It's more so a referendum on the fact that they're playing four games. That's the Big 12 games, madness, y'all. And that, is, and that is just tough against a team that is legitimately good and fighting and clawing to just stay on the precipice of potentially getting an NCAA tournament. A win like this is huge, and they will know it. So that's the only reason I'm picking it. But, I'm again, I'm probably going to be wrong. Jeremy, go. Here's, here's the qu- here is the question. Does TJ Shannon come back for the Kansas State game? <sighs> Highly doubt. I doubt it. Why? <laughs> I doubt it. He, those man, those spasms. He's out. He's out. He's gonna. I, every day is game time decision. <laughs> every day is game time decision. But that's just because Lubbock likes to keep things close to chest, and I don't uh, think he plays for a little bit. Fine. Um, he's coming. He's but, coming back uh, for February first, right? February first. Just about to say that. <laughs> February first. So uh, we've already said too much on here. But Texas Tech men have played absolutely fantastic. I know people are gonna throw tomatoes at me, and I'm probably gonna be wrong once again. So that and that's fine. I'm okay with that. But I will say four games in eight days, it's it's murder's row. Um, murder's row here in the Big 12. And to win all four of those games would be just wild. Absolutely wild against the teams that we're playing. So uh, that is fantastic. So for uh, Kenzie Garcia and for Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore. And you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Podcast Network.